Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host Katie Braden. Welcome to episode 16 and this episode is kind of like um, rolling on from the last episode where we talked about influencers and kind of like the proposed death of the influencer and in that case like what is next for influencers and I touched upon uh, UGC uh, user generated content except the name is kind of weird because it's not user generated content really like it's it falls under content creation but I thought I would do an episode on it because I am advising a lot of my clients to look into it, get into it, and also to build it into their strategies for launches. It's also really interesting for um, aspiring content creators and influencers to know about it because I think it's a really valuable um, stream of income to have that is kind of, well, people describe it as you live the influencer lifestyle like you get all of the perks of like the product and being able to create content as your job um but you're not competing in the influencer sphere where you're going for these like thousands of pounds worth of sponsored posts um yeah so I thought we would delve into that because even if you just are learning what it is I think you're gonna start hearing the term UGC content more and more and more so why not come on a little learning lesson with me? Um, But before we start, so I actually guested on um, another podcast, um, which is going to be out soon. Um, I'll promote it on the PR department um, Instagram page. So keep an eye out for that if you want to listen. But I was a guest on the, um, the KGB podcast, which is Culture Gone Bad really really interesting um podcast like the guys who um host it I I was saying to them when we were recording like I was actually kind of scared to be a guest because they are so intelligent like the way that they talk about different topics like they have such a wealth of knowledge and also such a wealth of like references um yeah they're they're really cool so go and check them out but (laughs) this isn't just a promo for them I was basically talking to them and before we started recording I was like oh just so you know like my puppy's asleep um if she barks I'm so sorry like can we cut it out and they were laughing and they were like yeah you say that she barks or like makes noise in like every single episode (laughs) And I kind of had this like (laughs) dystopian like out of body moment where I was like people actually listen to my podcast (laughs) like I sit here and I record these podcasts right and I've been doing it now for like 16 episodes um so I've been doing it since the start of the year so (laughs) you kind of reach a stage especially when you're podcasting solo where you kind of forget that people are listening and when people are like, oh yeah, I listened to your episode and they ca- they start like referencing things from your episode, you're like, oh my God, people are actually listening to this. Um, so yeah, but I was just laughing because I was thinking back and I literally do say in every single episode, like, oh, I'm sorry, my puppy made a noise or she barked or like my cat's screaming or whatever. So what I'm going to try and do is um, just roll with it and stop apologizing for it. 
Um, so that's what I learned this week and it was, it just made me laugh. So I thought I would share it with you. Okay, so to preface, um, going into like, what is UGC? How does it work? Um, how do brands use the content? Where does it sit? I want to kind of like do a little recap on um, why I think this is going to be like a big thing moving forward and it was something that I actually discussed when I was a guest on KGB this week so it kind of like sparked um, like a further thoughts in my head on this topic. So I really think like a very strong PR um, prediction for me and something that we're seeing a lot of evidence of in a lot of like brands that are really strong at marketing is brands taking back their power which we discussed in the last episode and I really really believe that this selling power is not going to be placed on people external to the brand as much. It will still happen. Like you will still see influencer collabs. You will still see like sponsored posts, influencers selling things. But I just don't think they're as hard hitting as they were like maybe two years ago, a year ago even, um, where literally a whole brand, like a whole brand could be made around collaborations. Like think about um, like Morphe, for example. That's a really good one where they basically their whole strategy for the past five years was just collaborations and when they're not doing these big name influencer-led collaborations behind the scenes they're doing influencer codes and sponsored posts and their whole selling strategy is basically all around influencers and their selling power not the selling power of Morphe as a brand um And also that means like in terms of finances, um, every time you do something with somebody else, whether it is a collaboration, an affiliate code, a sponsored posts, you're losing a percentage of everything you earn because obviously you have to pay for that external marketing. With the rise of TikTok, brands are getting really creative and they're learning that they can actually become content creators themselves so therefore they can create that selling power via social media for themselves and of course like they have been doing this over the past five years but I think it's really amplified um recently with TikTok um and having like a brand identity and almost like a brand personality um like I'll reference this one over and over again because I think it's genius is the Ryanair TikTok where they made the little Ryanair plane and every single trend on TikTok they did it as the Ryanair plane hilarious like whoever came up with that needs a raise because that's exactly how a brand's TikTok should be done um you know like even like calling the caterpillar like is on TikTok you know all this kind of stuff Um, And you can see other brands starting to try to imitate it. I've also seen a ton of ads um, of brands looking to recruit people to do content creation for their TikTok to like be the kind of like face of the brand like I think it was um Motel I can't remember correctly but Motel rocks the fashion brand I'm pretty sure I saw that they were looking for like the next face of their social media which like we've never seen that before like we've always seen like a face of a campaign or a face of a collab or just a sponsored post which is like the face of but on a really small scale but this is like the face of motel on tiktok like that's 
a job that never existed before and is an opportunity that influencers wouldn't have had before so I think we're moving into this like obviously influencer marketing is an ever-changing landscape and the opportunities that are available for influencers are ever-evolving but this is like unlocked like a new level of um, things that influencers can do in terms of career paths Um, so yeah being employed by a brand and being like the face of on TikTok and being the personality of the brand and making all of the content like that sounds like a pretty cool job I mean a really that would be a really hard one to recruit no like that would be so difficult because that person would have to be like spot on unless you do like the Ryanair thing which again which was genius they used to use that filter that just showed the eyes and the mouth so for ages people were debating about who this person was which I think is really smart because okay we're going off on a bit of tangent here but I do think it's valuable so I'll carry on going um if you recruit somebody to be the face of your brand on TikTok and you have say one person if you then lose that person or they move on, or whatever, you know, which happens when you're employing somebody, your audience are then, like, really connected to that person as, like, the TikTok motel girl, or whatever it is, so it would be then really hard to, like, replace them with somebody else, so brands are gonna have to find a way, like, whether, I think it would work best if you could recruit, like, a group, obviously that is like big budget but if you're talking about a brand like motel rocks i'm sure they could afford like a few so that people's hearts are not like all placed on one person or you do the smart thing like ryanair and just like take away their identity in a way and you just have them as like the eyes and the lips but then obviously you can't copy ryanair so many questions like honestly being in the driving seat of like social media strategy these days is like there's no there's no directions there's no steering wheel like you just you're just going for it (laughs) it's just ever changing we're basically running across the floor and it's moving like the floor is not lava the floor just doesn't exist that's how it feels trying to create a social media strategy with all of these changes constantly happening um again another tangent but I'm going to go with it this week um everybody has been calling out Instagram because obviously they're copying TikTok and Instagram has just been an absolute shambles for a really long time like we know that but this week Kim Kardashian and Kylie Jenner both publicly called out Instagram on their Instagram stories and it created such a ruckus that the founder of Instagram had to respond. Let's not forget what happened to Snapchat. Like this is giving me like parallels so do we not remember snapchat was booming everyone was like all over snapchat it was king kylie era it was 2016 everyone was loving their lives kylie jenner was all over snapchat obsessed and then they made a few updates that she didn't like and she tweeted like that she didn't like snapchat anymore have we seen snapchat since like snapchat has gone missing she's left the building instagram i would be quaking in my boots because the same the exact same thing just happened and to make matters worse to add fuel to the fire the guy who responded from instagram was like yeah we're gonna keep going down the video path and it's like okay mate well you've just like dug your grave then haven't you and you might as well just lie in it because yeah like come on so 
I think moving forward, like this does actually tie into what we're talking about in terms of social media strategy. TikTok has to come first because I don't know how much longer Instagram is going to be there. I really don't. Like a lot of people have already left the app. Like there's a big community on TikTok that have just deleted Instagram. And yeah, I just feel like if you're selling to like not even younger people anymore, like everybody's on TikTok. Um, yeah, I think TikTok should absolutely be at the core of all social media strategy. That strategy that is so impossible to create, it should be at the core. That is for sure. Um, so something else that I saw this week that I wanted to touch on, we're kind of doing like many topics here, but it does all tie in, I promise. Regards to brands taking back their power, um, I mean, I haven't been able to go on my phone this week. So when I'm saying this week, by the way, I am recording this a week before um, you're listening to it. Um, So I'm a week in the past, (laughs) if that makes sense. But this week, every single time I've opened any kind of social media app on my phone, I have seen the Blue Marine shoot creatively directed by Petra Collins. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Like, Now I want to wrap my car pink um, and everybody's telling me that I should do it. So that's another topic for another day. But I think that is a prime example of brands like creatively doing their own thing, making their own noise and having their own narrative. Like a year ago, that would have been like a shoot with an influencer or a celebrity. But they've just like created such strong identity and they've just like shooketh Instagram. I was shooketh and I wanted to buy everything. And another thing that I noticed, which I absolutely loved, usually with a shoot like that, those clothes wouldn't be available for a while because it's like a new shoot or a new campaign. The clothes were there. They were on the website. So you fall in love with the campaign. You go on the website, they're there. Like that is the fast like user experience we need to be creating. Like don't get people hyped and then your traffic's going nowhere. Like let the clothes be online. Um. But on that topic, another amazing example of this is Skims. Like we can't talk about um, marketing and brand identity without talking about one of the Kardashian brands because they do do it very well. Um, Skims, for example, like we've all seen how they put together their shoots. So like they keep shooting with socially and culturally um, influential like icons. Like I saw one posted this week with, I think it was with Paris Jackson, like a new shoot. Like a year ago, that would have been a collab, but it's not like, cause they're just doing it as a shoot. Like the brand is taking back its um, pizzazz. And it's like, no, actually we can do this without doing a collaboration and giving you a cut of the the funds and they just do it as a shoot which I think is really ingenious like they've done one with Rosalia they've done one why has my mind just gone completely blank and I can't think of anybody who shot the skims you know what I mean though you know what I mean um so yeah I just wanted to touch on those things um to preface what I went over last week and also to kind of like share my thoughts of things that I've been thinking this week off of the back of recording last week um so yeah I think influencer collabs are going to become less and less and less and it's going to be more brand-led content um not relying on influencers to to sell 
Um, so brands, the brand focuses is not going to be bringing in like paid influencers, is going to be creating their own content. But unless you have big budget and you can afford somebody full time um, and doing it in a creative way, then creating content for brands these days is really difficult because creating video content is the most difficult one of them all. And now all of the social platforms are governed by video content. So UGC, we're here 16 minutes in. This is why I can't do reels. Um, the, The rise of UGC content and brand owned content. So UGC stands for user generated content. What this used to mean was like, say I buy a shampoo, I absolutely love it, I make a video, I share it with the brand and then the brand uses it, like user generated. I'm a user, I generated the content, simple. But where we are now, so we have our, if you think about it in a little pyramid, right, you've got your paid influencers at the top, which are the smallest portion of your influencer strategy. Then you've got your sandwich in the middle, which is your influencer gifting so think of that as like your organic stuff so you're just sending them the product if they like it they'll post it if they don't you say love you and then now we're seeing a a bottom section which is going to be if you're building this into the your strategy as a brand this is going to be your chunkiest section and this is going to be your UGC content creators so what UGC content creators do is they're basically freelancers who work with you to create content Um, so usually it'll be like a a video content or stills or like they'll do a package or something and you'll pay them for that content that they create. They don't post that content on their own feeds. So they're not selling, they're not like influencers where they're trying to get that content out there. They are delivering the content directly to the brand and the brand then has, um, control of that content so they will use it to post on their own brand's feed so yeah you're basically working with like a freelance content creator but who is doing this so a lot of people who are doing this um and this is going to sound really like a bit mean but it's not meant to be mean it's kind of like people who try to be an influencer but then it didn't really work out for them and now they're realizing that they can do all of the stuff that they love about influencing but they don't have to fight for sponsored work. They can just do UGC and be paid like enough to make a living every month, like sustainably. And let's talk finances, okay? Because then this will all make sense. When you're working with an influencer, um, because they are essentially selling a product and advertising a product for you, as well as doing all of the creative direction for the content, shooting it, making it, all that jazz, the price tag is really high. Like I had a quote from an influencer this week, right? Wow. It was um $75,000. My God. Yes. that I mean, I've had higher in the past, but that's the highest I've had in a while. I was like, okay. Um, so that's like big, big bucks, right? And these guys have like big followings, big followings, big engaged audience. They're selling directly to their audience, big price tag. But then you've got your UGC and usually the UGCs will fall in in the hundreds. So say someone does like three videos for you, it'll be like four or $500. Like that's kind of roughly what we're looking at. So do you see the difference there? It's it's a it's a big difference, but the, the ROI is very different. So the price tag is different. 
So yeah, UGC is all about assisting brands to create content. So how would I do it if I was a brand? If I was a brand, I would have um, a budget for my paid influencers. They go at the top. Then I would have a product allowance for my organic influencers who will receive PR boxes, gifting, and then you'll get some organic coverage from that. Done. Then I would allocate another budget, a smaller budget to maybe like three or four UGC creators and I would task them to make maybe like four or five videos each. So if you're working with three UGC creators, say that's like $500 each. So that is a grand total of $1.5, and then you're getting 5, 10, 15 videos, like 15 videos for like one campaign or a product launch, for example, that is a lot. Like that's more than you will get from like most professional shoots that you pay like most people when they pay for shoots will budget like 15, 20,000 um, unless they do things like really cheaply and like street cast models and don't give anyone food and all that jazz. Um, so yeah, you can you can see why this is a really like ecological way of brands taking back their power, having content created for them to post as a brand, but having a varied approach by working with different content creators who bring each element of their different like creative flares to the table. Like, isn't it such a good idea? Like, honestly, I can't see any flaw in working UGC into any kind of like, even like an ongoing strategy, even if you did that once a month. Like, if you did that once a month, five UGCs, um, $500 budget each, five videos each every month, that's 15 videos a month. And that is without creating any content yourself in-house. Pause for thought. Yeah, like, don't tell me that I haven't just given you a really good golden nugget there, because I think I have. Um, But yeah, that is what I'm encouraging my brands to do. And that is how I am strategizing my kind of, um, it's falling under influencer marketing, but I guess it straddles um, social media, like content stuff as well. So um, that's also a positive because you can pull budgets from two departments if your brand is big enough to have departments. So yeah, um, I hope that was helpful. I hope that was interesting. And if you are interested in finding out more about UGC, there is such a wealth of um, UGC education on TikTok. So there's actually um, influencers who are UGC content creators themselves and they, their content on TikTok is educating other people on how to become a UGC content creator. So when I was getting into UGC, um, like back a few months ago, because I wanted to start advising my brands on it because I saw it floating around quite a lot. I went on to TikTok and I just watched all of their videos. And honestly, like it's so easy to learn what it is, figure it out, like how it works. Now I've started implementing it into my client strategy. I'm actually reaching out to them specifically and negotiating. So I can, I actually have a handle on like what their rate cards look like, what their content packages look like, how they work, how they deliver. Um, the, the amazing thing about them as well is that you can like, you can brief them, obviously, you're paying for it so you can tell them like what you want how you want it to look and feel like obviously the same as partnering influencers with products and brands like I would 
partner UGC creators in the same way like you have to like their work obviously it's the same way as like hiring a photographer like you have to like the way that they work um and then it'll come together creatively but yeah you can give them a brief and they go off and create for you which is fabulous um so yeah I hope that was helpful I hope this was an interesting episode I hope you've learned something and I hope you have fun on UGC TikTok because honestly there's such a wealth of knowledge there there's no reason why you can't do more research and um, figure it all out that's literally how I learned it that's how I learn a lot of things it's called learning as you go or education in the field as we like to call it um so that's it for today's episode Um, and I will see you guys on the next one. Bye.